Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Come on, tell them they're on the mind of God. Take up your Bible. Say it collectively with me. Somebody say, I'm on the mind of God. David said this in Psalm chapter 8, verse 4. He said, Who is man that you are mindful of them? The good news is, I know she probably don't want me declaring this over her life, but Minister Shakita said it in this way that the very reason that we have breath in our body this morning is that we were on the mind of God. I don't know about y'all, but that's good news to me. That some people didn't see this day, but because I was on the mind of God, he gave me another opportunity for life. Thank you, God, for loving us in that way. God, that you would keep us. Many people are not even in this moment, God, but you kept us. Somebody wanted to give up, God, but now we know, God, we're on your mind this morning. And for that, God, we say thank you. He's mindful of me. Somebody say he's mindful of me. That's good news, y'all. Hey, I want us to go to Deuteronomy chapter 20. It's in the beginning of your Bible. For those of you who don't know, in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 20. I'm going to look at one verse this morning, verse number one. Uh, I, I thought I was going to end our series on deliver us from evil, but the Lord uh, kind of chastised me on last week. And uh, this is really going to be a continuation of that. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Somebody say spiritual warfare. So Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse one, I'm reading from the Holman Christian standard version of the Bible. The Bible reads is this, uh, when you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than yours, here's the good news. God says, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord, your God, somebody say my God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, somebody say he's with me. That's good news, y'all. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. I want to minister from this subject this morning, wisdom for warfare. Wisdom for warfare. I I think it's important because I believe this new age Christianity has taught us otherwise. It's important to note that although our journey in life, the believer's journey, is filled with many blessings, it's also filled with many battles. 
they, they, they teach us about the blessings. They teach us how to acquire the blessings. But many, many of us have not grown to understand how to war or how to face somebody to say the battles. And here's how I know scripture reminds us of all these battles we have to face. We war against sin. That's Romans 7, 23. Some of us struggle in our flesh. If we want to be honest with ourselves, we war against spirits. And I said this on last week. Some stuff ain't the people. Some, st- some people just have spirits in them. Somebody say spirits. That's Ephesians 6 and 12. And we war against strongholds. I know we may not like this, but there's some generational things, some strongholds that try to attach to our lives, and we war against those things. I need us to understand even what Paul declared in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. He said, I was giving a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. So in other words, here's what Paul is really trying to let us know about war, spiritual warfare. I need to lay this foundation before I get into my sermon. I need us to understand that war is intentional. The enemy desires to war against me. If I'm a believer, he desires to fight against me because many of us lose our minds because we're in the midst of war. But somebody say it's the enemy's desire. And then not only that, war is intense. I know we don't like this and we wonder why we're catching it from every side, but the enemy wants to kill me. Somebody say, he wants to kill me. And war is insistent. I don't know about you, but have you ever come out of one battle and it seems like it's something else? Because war, watch this, it's intentional, it's intense, and it's insistent. I had to learn that in my young life and in this journey, and many of us don't know how, watch this, to fight spiritually. This is why this walk at times can feel as if we are in war, and here's the reality. I need somebody to know this. We are. Somebody say, I'm in war. Yeah, you in war. I know you didn't like that. I know you didn't enlist in the army, but I need you to know you in the Lord's army. So you are in war. And this is why even days with God, I'm talking about when you walk in with God, it can seem like a press. I don't know about y'all, but I don't care how much I'm blessed. I can be walking with God and my days still seem like a press. Especially when we're like in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 says that we're pressed but better yet sometimes it feels like I'm on, at war on every side. Because despite what people may tell you once you get saved this journey is not easy when you're constantly being attacked by the enemy. Y'all know people will make Christianity look like it's all good and a bag of chips, and it is, but I need you to understand that this journey is not easy when I'm always being attacked by the enemy. And here's how you know you're really with God when you're in war. Somebody say, I'm in war. Oh, you belong to God when, when stuff is happening in your life. And here's a word of wisdom. I need you to hear me and hear me good. You will never be able to endure this journey as a believer until you realize that spiritual warfare will always accompany your walk in God. You'll never be able to endure it. I don't care what sermon I preach about being blessed, about being prosperous. If you can't deal, watch this, with the battles that come with the blessings, you'll never endure this journey. Oh, so somebody say, I got to be equipped for war. I got to be equipped for war. I don't know what y'all learned about spiritual warfare, but I pray that I I break up some fallow ground because I believe we were taught incorrectly in some areas. 
Therefore, it's critical that every believer be equipped for spiritual warfare and ready to engage in spiritual warfare. And I want to drop this off. You don't have to have a title to be equipped for spiritual warfare. Y'all know back in the old church, we thought it was just the evangelists, just the ministers, just the prophets that would engage in spiritual warfare. And you wonder why your behind keep getting beat up because you have yourself have not been equipped. Somebody say get equipped. And this is why Paul admonished Timothy with these words in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. He said, you therefore must endure hardship, in other words, warfare, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul admonished Timothy to endure spiritual warfare. And as a believer, I have to as well. I know you don't like that. I know you, did, you thought it was going to be something else when you got saved. Uh, but here's the sad reality that there are churches that spend most of our time teaching you how to be blessed and not how to be equipped for battles. And this is why my prayer this morning during this sermon series is that we're equipped for spiritual warfare. And, and, and the reason why I'm in this vein and I feel like I can't get up out of it is because I feel like this is a season of intense warfare. I don't know about y'all lives, but I, I, I know personally it feels like a season. And as I peruse just, just God's flock that he's given us, that we've all been under intense warfare. Uh, so we've got to be prepared to be able to deal with the warfare. And I need y'all to hear me and hear me good. The quality of your earthly journey, watch this, will be determined more by the spiritual battles you win rather than the blessings you receive. I know, I know that might, might, might seem strange and all. The Bible says that money, money answers all things. But I need you to know the quality in which this journey that you are on will be, will be based on your battles you win and not the blessings you receive. And somebody may be saying, Pastor Keith, I don't, I don't know about that. Give me some money. Give me a big house. Give me all of that. And I'll be cool with the enemy as long as I got that. Boy, here's what I need you to understand. You'll never be able to enjoy the blessings of heaven when you're caught constantly being beat up by hell. I can never enjoy the blessings of heaven if I'm always watching this under attack and being beat up by hell. This is why you got folk, watch this, they got a lot of money that'll blow their brains out. They've got blessings, but as soon as battles happen, they lose their mind. Listen, if I'm going to have the blessings, I need to know how to fight. Somebody say the battles. This is why we glean wisdom concerning, hear this over this sermon series, rules of engagement. I want to give us some strategies for spiritual warfare. And I need just, just, I just want to drop this off. In the natural rules of engagement, watch this, refer to when, to where, to why, and how you are authorized to use weapons in war. And as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. I've got to know when, where, why, and how we both engage in war, and how do I now use these weapons of warfare that God has given me? Uh, Some say it's critical. We need strategies for spiritual warfare. So over the course of this sermon series, I believe it's on your screen, we're going to talk about the weapons of our warfare. We're going to talk about the weakness in our warfare. There's some areas in our life that we've got to be careful concerning because it makes us vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. But this morning we'll examine our wisdom for warfare. I think it's critical that we have a level of wisdom because you can have all the strength, but if you have no strategies, somebody say, I lack wisdom. 
I like wisdom. I like wisdom. And, and somebody may be saying, why is this significant to understand as we endure spiritual warfare? Consider what Paul admonishes believers in Ephesians chapter 15, chapter 5, verse 15 through 16. I'm not sure if I put it on the screen. I, I didn't, but I need us to hear what he says. He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Because watch this, it is the foolish in war that will always fall in war. And this is why we need wisdom for warfare. I need wisdom, wisdom. In other words, there's a way in which we approach spiritual warfare. When I know that I'm going into battle, we would say it like this. I played sports um, in my younger days. We would say it like this. I've got to get my mind right. But before the game, I've got to get my mind in a position to do what I've been called to do. It's no different in spiritual warfare. I've got to get myself prepared so that I can operate in a level of wisdom in the battle. Because y'all know folk. Folk can be prepared and we can have all the skills beforehand, but as soon as we get into battle, we lose our minds. So, so God is saying that I've got to approach spiritual warfare with a level of wisdom. I've got to be level-headed or I'll lose my mind. Tell, tell your neighbor, I can't lose my mind. I can't lose my mind in war. So the critical questions we got to ask ourselves is, what wisdom do we need for warfare? How should we approach spiritual warfare in a way, watch this, that positions us for victory? I don't just want to be in warfare. I want to be victorious. Uh, so how do I become positioned? I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, I want you to understand what's going on. We find the Lord instructing the children of Israel concerning how they should prepare for battles uh, against their physical enemies. Uh, so he begins in Deuteronomy. He talks about the promises of God. He talks uh, uh, about preparation for worship. He, he talks about all these things. And then he gets to verse number 20 and he says, although I'm going to bless you in this way, although there's going to be an inheritance given to you, I've got to, I got you, I need you to understand that there's going to be enemies that are going to come that are going to try to rob you of your inheritance. So he says, I need you to be prepared before it comes. And although the Lord is speaking of natural war, and this text is also, I'm going to give you a, a, a little um, a, a theological word. It's called typology. So what we're seeing in Deuteronomy chapter 20 is this word called, it's a really a typology. In other words, the Old Testament was a foreshadow of what was to come. So, so it's not that, that, that we still sacrifice animals. It was only a typology of Jesus that was to come. So whenever we look at the Old Testament, it's not, that does not mean that all of that stuff is for us today, but it, it, it should have some, somebody say, a level of application. So what God wants to highlight here is that this is a typology for New Testament believers that we can apply to spiritual warfare. Someone say today. So my prayer this morning is that through our text that we might glean wisdom for warfare so that we might be prepared for war. And before I examine our text, I need to drop something off as well. I need us to understand. I don't think I made this clear. What is spiritual warfare? Uh, y'all, a, a lot of us think we going through spiritual warfare. Some of y'all ain't going through nothing. I'm, I'm going to just make that plan. Consider the beginning portion of our foundational text. The Bible says, 
I'll say this. Spiritual warfare always begins at a battle that is bigger than you can handle. Uh, I need y'all to catch this. It will always be a battle that will be bigger than what you can handle. And somebody may be saying, how do I know? Notice the first portion of our text. The Bible says when you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than yours. In other words, the Lord will speak of a, of a war that requires his intervention. Spiritual warfare is really when I get to a place where I need the Lord to intervene. Uh, so go, go to the next screen for me. So here's what spiritual warfare is. It's when the attacks of the enemy are evident. The Bible says when you go out to war against your enemies and see. Ah, when, when it seems like everywhere I look, I'm catching, somebody say, attacks. It's when the attacks of the enemy are on every side. It ain't just nobody picking on you, but it's like I can't catch a break. Somebody say that's spiritual warfare. And the attacks of the enemy enlarge before us. In other words, they keep on growing. Somebody say that's spiritual warfare. Some of y'all ain't going through spiritual warfare. I just want y'all to know that. Y'all heard what I just said? So, so, so it's not people talking about you. It's not your co-workers taunting you because some things aren't spiritual warfare. It's just a lack of a maturity in your spiritual walk. Did y'all catch what I just said? So we've got preachers teaching us how to fight spiritual battles. And really what we need to be teaching you behind is to grow in your spiritual walk in God. If, I, if, if, the, if the attacks ain't evident, girl, nobody ain't picking on you. Go to HR about that. If the attacks ain't on every side. That one little thing. This is why this generation has no resiliency in the spirit. And then the attacks of the enemy enlarge before it. Listen, this is why I don't waste my time with a lot of counsel with everybody. And you get mad that I don't counsel you concerning something. And really what you should be doing is listening to the word on Sunday morning. I'm just trying to make you more mature. Now some stuff I need to help us get to war. But there's some stuff we just got to be more mature. Somebody say, just grow up. Yeah, just grow up. Some believers need to, uh, just watch this, need to grow in God. Uh, stop calling every conflict spiritual warfare. You just don't like your mama. That ain't spiritual warfare. And watch this. That's not the enemy. You just need to grow in God and endure. How do I know? How do I know? Throughout the Bible, it says that, 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 that the testing of your, your, your um, faith worketh. Um, um, no, the testing of your patience worketh your faith. So in other words, there's some stuff. It talks about persevering. It talks about enduring. There's some stuff I just got to go through. Somebody say, it's just some stuff I got to go through. Y'all so sorry, it's just some stuff I got to go through. Because if you can't handle people talking about you, if you can't handle people talking you, you cannot handle, watch this, spiritual warfare. Listen, if you still working, somebody say that's baby stuff. That's still spiritual milk. I got some stuff I just got to endure. Somebody say, Lord, help me endure. So we can get to the spiritual warfare. So when the attacks of the enemy are evident on every side and large before us, it requires that we engage in spiritual warfare. And some of y'all know that you're in spiritual warfare. 
Some of y'all know it's evident. You know how you try to worship, but the weight of the warfare is on me? Somebody say, we know. It's evident. And then when it's on every side, I can't. Somebody say, catch a break. Somebody say, catch a break. That, that's warfare. And when it enlarges, it just keep the attacks just keep on coming. That's spiritual warfare. So here this, let's examine our text. So nobody say, I'm warned in the spirit. No, you're not. You just need to grow up. Some stuff you got to warn the spirit. So here this, let's look at the first portion of our text. This is some wisdom for warfare. So I ain't even talking about getting in the battle. This is what you need before, before the battle. The Bible says, do not be afraid of them. The believer that doubts before war or in the midst of war is the believer that is always defeated in war. And although this is cliche, I believe it is, it is relevant to spiritual warfare. War is not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart. I, listen, I know myself. I knew when I, when, I, when I saw people enlisting in the war after high school, I said, that is not for me. Somebody say, it ain't for me. Because it's not for the faint of heart. I was, I listen, I, I probably don't uh, portray this, but I, I felt like I was a little pretty boy. I just want to play football. I just want to go to school. I just want to holler at girls. War is not for me. Because in other words, it's not for those that are faint of heart. Because watch this, your ability, somebody may be saying why. Because your ability to continue in the fight and remain in the fight is determined by your faith in the fight. Ah, somebody say, I've got to have hope in God. And this is why we're admonishing our foundational text with these words. Do not be afraid of them. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves is, how do I ensure that I, have, uh, I don't bring fear into my fight? How, how do I ensure that? Here's what I need you to know. You can have peace even in the midst of, a, of war when the presence of the Lord has gone before you. So in other words, don't go to war until you receive a word from God. Because the word from God lets me know that he's already gone before me. And some of us are fighting battles that we have no business fighting. Somebody say, I need a, I need a word from God. In other words, I need God to go before me because in, in, the reality is there are some wars that we got ourselves into and there are other wars that God orders for us. I never want to be, they, they call our president the commander in chief. You never want to find yourself in a war that the commander in chief never ordered. Somebody say you'll get yourself in a whole bunch of trouble. I have no support in a war that he did not order. I have no backup in a war that he did not order. He has no obligation to jump in a war that he did not order. And, and we wonder why we're still fighting these battles because God is not with us. See, y'all don't like that. I, I need God. Somebody say, I need God to be with me. So, so what do I mean? Many believers, y'all, I need y'all to know this, and I know you probably know this. You probably got somebody on your mind. Many believers play with the enemy. We provoke the enemy. And sadly, we partner with the enemy and find ourselves in battles that we should never been in. If you don't believe me, somebody say, ask Judas. He got himself into a battle that God never ordered. He tried to get ahead of Jesus because he felt like the way in which Jesus was trying to bring God's kingdom to earth was too weak for him. So Judas had to do his own thing. And somebody say he killed himself 
Yeah, he got his whole here. He killed himself because it was a. And watch this. We find ourselves under attack in a war that God did not approve of. <sighs> so here's a word of wisdom. When you go into a war that God has not gone before you, you are not fighting the enemy. Hear what I just said. When you go into a war that God has not approved of, um, you are not fighting the enemy, but the enemy is really fighting you. You, don't, you, 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 don't, you ain't got nothing in the battle. The enemy is fighting you. And watch this. It's easy to have fear in a war where the enemy is fighting you and you are not fighting the enemy. And here's even more. When you find yourself fighting God, um, fighting in a war that God did not approve, you find yourself not only the enemy fighting you, but you fighting God. Somebody say, I don't want to be at war with God. Somebody may be saying, how do I know? I need us to look at the text. I'd never like to give us nothing that's not in the text. Watch what 1 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 13 says. For because you did not do it the first time, the Lord God broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper order. So that means that God himself said that I'm going to fight you because you did not get my approval for the war that you found yourself in. We're trying to get victory in battles that God ain't never ordered. Somebody say, help us, God. Uh, help us, God. I'm trying to run from battles that God ain't ordered. And watch this. Don't pull me into a battle that God did not order. <laughs> we find ourselves in people mess, and God is fighting them and us. But because of our heart for God, we ah, that's, a, that's my brother and sister in Christ. Yeah, no, yeah. baby, God ain't ordered that. Yeah, yeah. I'm staying my behind because the Bible says that God broke out against somebody say us. No, I'm going to let them break out against them and not me. Y'all helping folks in battles that God did not order. Ooh. And you wonder why you getting the money today they still going through. And I got to give you money next week. That's a battle that God ain't order. So this is why our wisdom for warfare is that we have hope in God. And the only way that we have hope in God is that God goes, somebody say, before us. I need a word from God before I go into war. And hear this. Don't go nowhere. Somebody say nowhere. If the Lord has not gone before you. Here's what people, I'm going to say something. Here's what messes people up. You get into a marriage and God ain't go before that. You get into a ministry and God ain't go before that. I know God, Pastor Keith, you don't know this meeting going to bless me. But did God go before you? And here's what happens. We go ahead of God. And then we need God to pull us out of stuff that he did not go before us. Save my marriage. God said, I ain't never go before you. God, save me out of this ministry. It's a cult. God ain't never go before you. Don't, somebody say, don't go nowhere. Oh, that God ain't go before you. That, that's going to help somebody. Not in the notices, I'm going to give you Bible. Because I love to give you Bible. I hope y'all writing all this Bible down. Watch what Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 42 says. And the Lord said to me, tell them, do not go up. Don't even be in the presence of war. Y'all hear that? Nor fight, for I'm not among you. Lest you be defeated before your enemies. Somebody say, God even going to warn me. He said, don't go up. Don't even be in the presence of fools that are fighting a war that I did not approve of. Because I am not among you. Lest you be defeated by, so hear this, here's a good litmus test. If you keep getting beat up in spiritual warfare, it may not be that you're not equipped. It may that be that God never went before you. 
Ask your neighbor, did God go before you? Yeah, did God go before And this will help us slow down in the journey. In other words, stop moving so quick with every decision in your life. Just because it looks good to you, just because it happened for them, I've got to be so methodical in my walk with God that I take a pause and I say, God, is this what you want me to do? And watch this, just because it worked last season, just because God was with you last season, does not mean he's with you in the next season. This is why churches mess themselves up. They think, oh, we were so blessed when we did that. And you never consult God. Somebody say, you better consult God. I've learned that in my short life that I've got to consult God. And God, if I don't have a level of peace about it, that means you never went before me. This is why people say, even if you don't hear the voice of God, if you get a level of peace, you know, keep, somebody say, keep on going. Because wherever there's peace, somebody say, there, there, God will be there as well. I've learned that. I know, I know it look good. I know that me and my wife need a house. But for some reason, we done save the money aside. But there's no level of peace for me to move forward. Oh, God, somebody say, God ain't in there. God trying to warn our behind. Thank you, God. Somebody say, thank you, God. This means you will always be defeated and discouraged when you cannot declare that the Lord has gone before you. Because your hope is not in you, but your hope is in where God is. I can always be straight when I know God's there. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if I'm in the midst of heathens, if God's there. So I say, I've got hope. All I need to be is a place where God is. Ooh, that's good news to me, y'all. If you, if you can figure it out, if you don't have a level of discernment, if you're not prophetic in the spirit and you ain't got to be no prophet, just ask God to tell me where you are. I just want to be where God is. Uh, because where you find God, you will never find fear. Did y'all hear that? That's good news. How do I know? Notice what the beginning portion of First John chapter 4 verse 18 says. Where God's love is, there is no fear. Because God's perfect love drives out fear. And hear this, if we can find God's love, we gonna, God's going to be in the midst. Because somebody say, God is love. love. I've got to find where God is. There ain't going to be no fear where God is. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it looks like in the natural. I've just got to find where God is. And where God is, this is a place in war where we can have hope in God. So I know it seems simple that as I prepare for war, I've got to have hope in God. But really what I'm telling y'all is that we've got to find where God is. Somebody say find where God is. Make sure that God has gone before you. Before you approach war, before you get yourself strapped up, booted up, just all that kind of stuff that you think you're ready to fight. You took one little class on spiritual warfare and you want to fight everybody. Uh, somebody say, I'm going to get my behind beat up. Okay, say somebody, you need to tell yourself, I'm going to get my behind beat up. Unless God has not yet watched this gone before me. But I ask God, God, is this what you want me to jump into? And if, let everybody else jump in. And yeah, girl, I told you you shouldn't jump in that thing. So hear this. Let's look at the next portion of our text. The Bible says, for the Lord your God. Woo, that's good news. Somebody say, my God. When the attacks of the enemy are evident on every side and enlarges before us, it is good that God is with us. That's, that's good that God is with us. But it's another thing for God to war with us. I, I don't just want God's presence, but I need God to war with me. 
And this is why when we engage in spiritual warfare, we must have, somebody say this with me, help from God. I, I need help from God. And somebody may be saying, what do I mean, Pastor Keith? What, what, what do you mean? We fast not just so we can have strength in the spirit, but so that the Lord will fight with us. Somebody say with me. We have faith not just so that we can endure the battle, but so that the Lord will fight with me. We forsake sin not so that we can fight in the spirit, but so that the Lord will fight with me. Somebody say, I need God to fight with me. I need him to fight with me because the goal of the enemy, watch this, is to cause spiritual warfare to challenge your strength. And it is necessary that you have strength from the Lord. I'm telling you, in the night, you will be tired when you are in spiritual warfare. He wants to challenge your strength. He wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to give up. He wants you to believe, God, that this battle is too much to overcome. So when I know that the enemy's um, desire is to, to t- challenge my strength, somebody say, I need go- strength from God. Because if we can be honest, when we're under constant attack, I don't know about you. But we get tired of praying. We get tired of pressing. And many of us get tired of portraying the character of Christ. I don't know, but I'm talking for myself. When I'm always on constant attack, I get tired of praying. Some days I miss praying. And that's what the enemy wants me to do. I get tired of pressing. There's some days where I just want to throw in the towel. Y'all know some days I just don't want to live like God. Okay. There's some days that I wish I could just punch them and be on my way. There's some days where I wish I could just slap them like Chris Rock did. What Will Smith, Will Smith. And be on my way. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I feel like that. Somebody say I get tired sometimes. I get tired. If I could just cuss you out and get right back on the pulpit, I would enjoy that. I get, I get tired. And I know the song. I know. I just, I don't want us to sing it here. I, I don't feel no ways tired. But when you're in war, you're subject to get tired. Y'all gonna say, no, that's not, that's not Bible, Pastor Keith. I do not believe that. That's not Bible. I'm not supposed to get tired. The song said, I don't feel no ways tired. Let me, someone say, let me give you Bible. Notice this. A mighty man of valor, Gideon, a man of war, came to the Jordan, he and his 300 men, who were with him crossover, exhausted, but still in pursuit. So I said, Gideon got tired. He got tired, 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 tired. And if you can can lie to yourself all you want, when you're in war, you get tired. But I I, I love this about the text. No, stay, stay there. It says he was tired, but still in pursuit. That's good. So I wondered how can he still be in pursuit in the midst of weariness? I believe he knew he had help from God. Somebody may be saying, how do I know? Go to the next scripture. Just a chapter earlier, notice what the Lord told Gideon. He said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lacked, he said, I will save you. You ain't going to save yourself. It ain't even really the 300 men. He said, I will save you and deliver. He says, I will deliver the Midianites into your hand. When I know that God, I've got help from God, that God has gone before me, I get another level of strength. 
I can press a little bit when I know that I've got help from God. I, I, there, there's some stuff that God is saying that I got your back as long as you can stay, so I'm going to say, in the battle. And watch this. Just as Gideon knew that God had promised him this, the only way that, that the enemy could negate the promise that was over Gideon's life is Gideon stopped. It would not stop what God said he would do. But if Gideon got in the way of God, and how many of us get in the way of God? God told him, I said, I'll keep you. I said, I'll keep you in perfect peace. I said that what I've joined together, let no man put aside. I told you this. And many of us throw in the towel. And God says, I got you. But you give up on yourself. Somebody say, don't give up. And the reason you don't have to give up, somebody say, I've got help from God. That's good news to me, y'all. This means, hear this. I need you to, I need, I need you to speak this to yourself. Somebody say, it's okay to get weary. It's okay to get weary in war as long as weariness, watch this, does not dictate your war. It's okay. It's okay to cry sometimes. It's okay to feel like it just vent sometimes. It's okay, watch this, to lay on your face sometimes. In the midst of war, it's okay to get weary as long as I don't let that weariness dictate my war. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm in a season where y'all wouldn't even know it. I'm so weary. But I'm not going to allow my weariness to dictate my war. And the only reason I'm not going to allow it because I know what's on the other side of war. Somebody say, I've got help from God. Somebody say, you better have help from God. Yeah, you better have some help. It was a help from the Lord that helped them, watch this, to hold on. That's good news. Don't let the enemy condemn you because you can't get weary in war as long as you don't give up. And you won't give up when the Lord helps you. So here's here's a word of wisdom. I know I made mention of this earlier in my sermon, but this is why it's critical to consult the Lord before you engage in spiritual war. Because the Lord watches, he will reveal if he will fight with you or for you. And somebody say, there's a difference. Some of us, some wars, we don't have to work so hard for. Ah, that's good news to me. Because the reality is, the Lord don't need your help, but you need his. So I don't want to find myself. Watch this. I've got to. It's one thing for God to go before me. But I've always got to consult the commander in chief while I'm in war. Because they have a vantage point that those on the ground do not have. So you need to make sure you're consistently listening to the commander in chief. So he may position you watch this for war. But if he says I'm going to drop some bombs on them. And if I find myself in a place I will kill my own self. Listen so I've got to make sure that I consult with God. Because I don't want to be fighting a battle that did not belong to me. Y'all heard what I just said? Some stuff you ain't got to work so hard for. You ain't got to go to HR for. You ain't got to get no counsel from the pastor for. You ain't got to get a prayer team to encamp around you. We pray 24-7 on their hour. We praying for your baby. And it's nothing wrong with that. Hear me? But I want to make sure I consult with God first. Because God says, maybe this is a battle. I need you to sit back on while I do what I'm equipped to do. And some of us, somebody say this, I'm getting in the way of God. I'm going to give you Bible. Because see y'all, I'm, 
Somebody say, he's going to give me Bible. Go to the next screen. I'm telling y'all, we're doing spiritual warfare so crazy. The Bible says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Who is with you? Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not, be, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord. Somebody say, it's with me. Listen, you ain't got to give them a piece of your mind. God going to work it out on their own. And many times, we give folk a piece of our mind, and God was just convicting them in their heart. And because you jumped into something that you had no business jumping into, watch this, you prolong your battle. Some of us are in prolonged battles because we did not position ourselves. So we're messing up the very strategy of God. So if you still get your behind beat, somebody say, I may be out of position. You might be out of position. In other words, trying to fight the enemy when the Lord never told you to. This means we can get in the way of God during spiritual warfare. And we keep ourselves in war because someone say, I'm doing too much. Somebody say, I'm doing too much. Some of y'all are doing way too much. You asking the pastor, pastor, I really need you to fast 40 days and 40 No, I ain't doing that. Now you're doing too much. You better ask God. Did God say that? And as a matter of fact, I'm going to ask God because I like to eat. Somebody say, hey, pastor, I like to eat. I like to eat. No, I'm going to Orlando this t- today. I'm not, I like to eat. You sure he said that before we fast 40 days? Uh, some, some of us are doing too much. This means we can get in the way of God. Hear this. Somebody say, I'm going to give you Bible. I'm going to give you Bible. This is all Bible. This ain't Pastor Keith. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you for you have rejected the word of the Lord. And the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Somebody say Saul was doing too much. You can be anointed and doing too much. Saul was anointed. Saul was appointed by, by God to be king. Somebody say he was doing too much. And when you do too much, you're subject to lose too much. Not only are you subject to lose the war, but God says, I've rejected you. I never want to be in a place where I lose the war and I lose my God. Somebody say, help us to be wise in war. Somebody say, help us to be wise in war. And hear this. Even what seemed like a victory in a natural, Saul ultimately lost the war. Do y'all see that? There's sometimes where we think we done gave them a piece of our mind. We done walked out on that job. Yeah, they need me on that job. I'm walking out today. And it looks, watch this. They got to give me my severance pay. I know this little contract that I signed before I got one. They got to they pay me. Somebody, they got to pay me. Somebody say they got to pay me. So it looks like a victory in the natural. And God says, no, nah, you think it's a victory in the natural. You done lost the war. Somebody say I'm doing too much. That's why you can't find no job today. You was doing too much. God had appointed you and anointed you for the job. And when he anointed you, somebody said, I've got to expect battles. So you better fight like the Lord told you to fight. You ain't winning no battle because you, you done told them you go to such and such church, Pastor Keith, my pastor, and then now you've made the name of God in shambles. Because you try to fight in the natural because when you reject the Lord's word concerning war, you are subject to him rejecting you. Somebody say, help us, Lord, 
Because the reality is the war is never won alone. I've got to know that when I'm in spiritual warfare, it was it is never one alone. And there are times when not only the Lord helps us, but he uses the people of God to help you in war as well. So hear this. I need y'all to for all everybody think they so deep. I've been walking with God so long. Spiritual warfare is not a time for you to flex your spiritual strength. Did y'all hear what I just said? Spiritual warfare is a time where you need the, the support of the Lord and many times the support of other believers. Notice this. When you're under attack by the enemy, there should be another believer that is aware. And here's the sad tragedy about the body of Christ. When we're going through, we don't like nobody to know. And you wonder why you don't have no help in this battle. Listen, some of us got to humble ourselves and some of us say, open up your mouth. Ask for help. Humble yourself and ask for help. And how do I know? I'm just giving you Bible. And did I put that up there? Oh, I got to get started. It's Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. It says that we should carry one another's, someone say burdens. And that includes our battles. But I can't bear a battle with you that I'm unaware about. Did y'all hear what I just said? I, I, listen, me and Pastor Cole, we've got to share what's going on in our life. He can't bear my battle and neither can I bear his if I'm unaware about it. So you walk up in here, you look all good, you done dressed up, you smell good, hair all done. But nobody's aware that you're going and you get mad because nobody saw it in the spirit. Listen, I ain't got that gift. Oh, someone say open up your mouth. I ain't got that gift. You want me to have a gift that I have not been given? Somebody say open up your mouth. And some of y'all are still going through because you have not made the battles to one of your believers. Uh, watch this. Aware. And I'm going to give you Bible. The Bible says that a brother is born for adversity. And that, that means that there's been somebody assigned in my life that's been born, anointed, appointed by God for my season, some I say, of warfare. That's good news, y'all. Some of y'all fighting battles by yourself. God ain't in it. There ain't no believers in it as well. Some I say, open up your mouth and receive your help. So this is why wisdom for warfare requires our help from God. So I said that we need hope in God. We've got to go to the place where God has gone before us. I said that we need our help from God. And here's my last thing, and I'm going to be done. The Bible says, who brought you out of the land of Egypt? Many times your hope in spiritual warfare is many times determined by your history with God in warfare. So the real question we got to ask ourselves when we encounter spiritual warfare, somebody say real spiritual warfare. We've got to ask ourselves, what is my history with God? This is why the children of Israel were admonished with these words in our foundational text. The Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, they had hope in the face of war. Watch this, because they had history with God. And the problem with a lot of us, we ain't got no history with God. Somebody say, I need history with God. I need some level of history with God. Therefore, if you can't reflect on what God has brought you through before, it will be difficult to receive victory in war. The very reason that I won't give up is because I can reflect on my history with God. So in, in other words, what has the Lord brought you out of? Has he brought you out of anything? Has he kept you through anything? Has he delivered you from anything? Somebody say anything. I, I can't believe we got believers who can. can what, what can you talk? What, what do you know about God? 
Because it's easy to be defeated in spiritual warfare when the Lord has never delivered you from anything. But here's the good news for everybody who say, I don't know, Pastor Keith, I, don't, I, ain't, been, I ain't gone through nothing. I was sheltered in my life. Here's the good, good news. He's delivered us all from something. If you're a born-again believer, he's delivered you from some evil deeds. He's delivered you, watch this, from yourself. He's delivered you from some darkness. Someone say, I've been delivered. Ah, you, you can reflect on something. You used to do this, and now I don't do it. I hope so. Someone say, I hope so. And if you're saved, he's delivered you, watch this, from eternal death. Somebody say, I've been delivered. And this is why David was able to declare this in Psalm 18 too. Bible says, the Lord is my rock and my fortune. And my, I love how David makes it personal. My deliverer, my God, my strength. Y'all see how many times he says, my, my shield, my salvation, my stronghold. Someone say, he's my God. We've got to get to a place in our walk with God that some of this stuff in the Bible becomes relevant. Somebody say to me. And many of us, the reason why it doesn't become relevant to us, the Bible says that we go from faith to faith. In other words, the only way to go from faith to faith is many times to go from fight to fight. And many of us give out in, in, in the fight. We throw the towel in in the fight and we never know God for ourselves. And we get mad because we come to church and the preacher telling us lies. No, he's not telling you lies. He's telling you how, what he knows about God for himself. I want to get to a walk with God where I don't have to listen and lean upon the words of the preacher. But I know him. This is why Paul said, oh, that I might know you. Somebody say, do you want to know him? See, you don't really want to want, you don't really want to know him unless you really want to go through. Somebody say war. Some of y'all don't know him. Some of y'all don't know him. In other words, David was able to pull strength from his testimony when he was tested with war. <sighs> ah, the only reason I've got a testimony is because I was tested. Somebody say with war. The good news is that God loves you so much that he would test you with war that you might know him in a real and intimate way. Ooh, oh, that I might know him. Somebody say, oh, that I might know him. Be careful what you say. We must do likewise when we've been tested by spiritual warfare. We've got to pull strength from our testimony. I want to be able to pull strength from my own testimony. But hear this. Here's the good news about having history with God. If he did it before, he can do it again. He is the same God watches right now that he was back then. Somebody say he's gonna give you Bible. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and somebody say forevermore. Yeah, he's the same God now that he was. Somebody say back then. We serve a God that does not change. If he delivered you before, he can from the hands of the enemy. Somebody say he can do it again. And watch this: the tool of the enemy is to have you believe that the outcome of this war will be different. He always, this is why the enemy comes from different angles. He's crafty and cunning. So he's going to come from different angles. I know God saved you before, but somebody said he's going to tell me this war is different. I'm going to tell you something. The war may be different, but the God in the war ain't. The war that I face today may be different from last year, but I still serve the same God today. Somebody say my God ain't different. 
oh, that's good news. The same God that rescued my, my mama. Uh, that's the same God I serve. The same God that pulled my grandma through because she only had two nickels. Someone say, that's the same God I serve. Oh, that's the same God. Same God. Same. I'm so glad that I serve the same God. The same God. Uh, and hear this. For all the babes in Christ, I'm going to help y'all out. Even when you have limited history with God, pull on the history of somebody else. Because there's going to be some battles that you don't have a point of reference for. God's going to take you through some stuff that you ain't never seen before. So I've got to pull on the testimony of somebody else. The Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word. Somebody say, not my testimony. Somebody say, their testimony. I've got to have some folk in my life. This is why I love Mother Alvera. Listen, if anything ever ails my body, I can remember her testimony. How God pulled her through. Somebody say, not one time. Somebody say, not two times. Somebody say, not three times. God has pulled her out. And the same God that did it for her can do it for me. Some of y'all, watch this, are losing your mind concerning your children. Somebody say, I ain't never been through that before. Somebody say, I ain't never been through that before. So I've got to find somebody who did, who has a testimony, and I can point God, tell me how you made it through. I know, never been through that before with my marriage. I'm about to lose my mind. Gotta find somebody who's got a testimony. Somebody say so that I can overcome. Ooh, if you ain't got no history in God, somebody say find somebody. Because watch this. Oh, this is good news. Your victory in war might be found in the voice of someone else. Your victory might be one word away. And that word may be in the voice, somebody say, of somebody else. And here's what messes you up. This is why the enemy wants you to close your mouth. This is why the enemy does not want you to come to the altar when there's a certain altar call. Because you don't, we don't want, the enemy does not want you to put a spotlight on what you're going through. And now God pricks somebody's heart. He says, that daughter is going through something. I've got a word, I've got a testimony that's going to help her. Somebody say overcome. And this is why pride is so dangerous. This is why the Bible says pride goeth before fall. You don't want to open up your mouth. And the reason you got destroyed, because somebody had a testimony that was going to pull you through. This is why I be telling y'all, I be telling y'all I'm going through on my job. Pastor, y'all be like, Pastor, keep going through. You know why I, t- why I say So I can pull on somebody like Shakita, who may have a testimony. And I get another level of strength. And y'all be like, how Pastor he made it? Someone say, I've got a word from God. I got a word. All it took was one word. Somebody gave me a level of strength. Pastor Keith, you can do this. I've done, God has done it in my life and he can do it in yours as well. Because if God can do it for them, somebody say he can do it for me. And this is why wisdom for warfare requires that we have history with God. Somebody say get you some history. Get you some history. Go through a little battle and get you some history with God. Somebody say he won't fail you. He won't fail you. I'm done, y'all. Our perspective in war 
would determine if we prosper in war. It matters this wisdom that we have. And the sad reality is that believers, that we lose many spiritual battles because we lack, lack wisdom for warfare. It's, it's not that you don't have these spiritual gifts. It's because I don't have, someone say, strategies. So I need some level of wisdom. I got to approach this thing because, watch this, the enemy, i said this before, is crafty and cunning. He knows that God gave Adam the instructions. So he goes through Eve, who somebody say was ignorant. So, so he's crafty. He knows how to get it. Y'all never know that God will go through your spouse to get to you? Somebody say he's crafty. So I've got to know that the enemy is going to be cunning. So I've got to be, this is why the Bible says, be wise as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. I've got to be just as slick as him. Someone say, I got to be just as slick as him. I say, I know some people, some preachers may be watching. Yes, that's Bible. Someone say, that's Bible. Yeah, that's Bible. And as the children of Israel receive wisdom for warfare, so it must be for us. I've got to know that, watch this, if we're not wise, because he's crafty and cunning, we are subject to dire consequences. Somebody say, warfare ain't nothing to play with. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Can't be playing with the enemy because he ain't playing with me. In other words, the reason the Lord watches, we've got to find hope in God. We've got to receive help from God, and we must hold on to our history with God. This must be our approach to spiritual warfare. Yet somebody may be asking, why is this significant? Why does the, our approach to warfare matter? You don't know me, Pastor Keith. I got, I got all the gifts of the Spirit. I remember my wife was at some conference, and the lady said, I got all the gifts. You better be careful of the folk that got all the gifts. That pride on you, you better get away. Notice this. Notice what 16 and 17a of our foundational text says. But the cities of these people which the Lord gives you, um, and you as an inheritance, you shall let nothing that breathes remain alive, but you shall utterly destroy them. I need you to um, say this with me. Somebody say, my inheritance. my inheritance. The reason why how I fight is so significant, because if I don't fight in the right way, I forsake my harvest in God. There's always, watch this. This is why we see stuff in the Old Testament. We were like, how does that apply to me? Whenever there was war, there were always spoils after the war. Whatever was left from the enemy's camp, the victorious nation would always take the spoils. So what God was trying to say, whatever your enemies tread, I've laid up, somebody say, an inheritance. And many of us, we forsake our harvest in God because we don't know how to fight. We're approaching spiritual warfare in the wrong and you give up. And somebody say, I give up my inheritance. God has something laid up for us. I want us to have wisdom for warfare. Stand to our feet. The enemy ain't playing with us, so we can't play with the enemy. I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what this season has been like. But listen, I'm not preaching from what I heard. I'm preaching from what I know. I'm in an intense season of warfare. I don't know about nobody else, but if you're in an intense season of warfare, somebody say, help me, God. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. 
God, we've learned some stuff about spiritual warfare and we realize today that it was all craziness. Help us, God, to approach spiritual warfare in the right manner. God, we've been trying to fight this thing naturally, God. But God, you say we got to approach it a different way. I know we get tired. Some of us just plain old tired. We're going to throw that song out. Sometimes, yeah, we do get some ways tired. But God, we won't give up, God. God, we've got hope in you. And God, my prayer is for your people that they consult you. I know we know how to pray in the spirit. I know we know how to lay prostrate in the spirit. I know we know how to tear it on the altar. But God, what we really need to do is to consult you. Help us, God, to know where you are so that we can find ourselves there as well. God, go before us. We're in battles, God, that seem overwhelming. Somebody say, go before me. Go before us, God. God, we want to have a level of peace even in the midst of war. And we can have that, God, when you go before us. And God, I pray, God, that we find our help from you. God, we need you to war with us. God, help us, God. This battle seems overwhelming. So war with us, God, we pray. And God, help us to pull on the history of you. God, if we ain't got no history, we got to ask us somebody else. Help us to lay down our pride and open up our mouth. God, our help and our victory might be one word away. Send our word to us, God, we pray. Give us strength. Right now, God, somebody wants to give up. One word, God, to give them strength to make it through the next week. Give them another word, God, to make it through the week again, God. God, we shall not give up. Because, God, if you did it before, you can do it again. And, God, I pray, God, for your people that we position and posture ourselves to receive our harvest. There's some spoils, there's some inheritance that's been laid up on the other side of war. Help us, God, to be victorious. We don't want to just forsake the fight. Because if we forsake the fight, we forsake our harvest in you. But, God, we love you. We adore you. And, God, we pray now, God, that will approach spiritual warfare with wisdom and every heart that believes, every heart that says, I'm going to approach spiritual warfare with wisdom. Somebody say, thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.